1: Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Up to one on the Phoenix Suns McBasketball. Tim, it was kind of a bumpy half there, first half. We hopped on Spaces right after the game. Go follow us on Twitter if you aren't already. Top, we're going to try and do those more. That was super fun. We were feeling great about that first half. I was saying 43-40. to 40. Three points in this game feels like a 10-point lead. Tim, there was a seven-minute stretch where 11 total points were scored in this entire game. It was garbaggio time. And part of it was, you know, classic Lakers not being able to score, even though, like, AD and LeBron are on the court. They still go through scoring droughts. And then for the Suns, it was, like, no Booker, this Chris Paul minutes. And even when Booker comes back in, they just didn't have anything going. But all in all, like, it's ugly. We were up three at halftime, Tim. But I felt good because it felt like it was the Lakers kind of game. You know, like it was their style of game that they are more conducive to winning than scoring 110 versus 115, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was feeling a a little bit less optimistic because I didn't like how the team wasn't really getting to the rim well. It it felt like we were missing. It it was a lot of missing open shots. Like you said, there was not many points scored, which plays into the, you know, the Lakers defense keeps them in those games where they can't hit shots. But I was, you know, waiting for either the Lakers to make some changes and try to get to the rim more, Or just start hitting those threes, because if the threes weren't falling and they weren't getting to the rim, it was going to be a close grinded out kind of game. And we saw them finally find some dudes that could hit a couple at least and then kind of take the the rim or take the lid off the rim in terms of getting to the rim, and then scoring. So we saw just, like, unlocked versions of LeBron and AD in that second half and Schroeder even a bit. Um, so it, I feel great about that second half of basketball. After feeling like, you know, we're in this, we can win this, but the team needs to start making some adjustments at halftime. And they they stepped up, stepped up to the plate and did.
1: 58 points in the paint for the Lakers last night against the Suns. 20 second chance points, Tim. Per cleaning the glass, they had a 38.8 offensive rebound percentage. Could you imagine? Like, you don't have to be a great shooting team if you get 40% of your misses. My God. And it wasn't just Drummond. He got three I brought up last night. He didn't have as many as the game two. I still thought he had a couple of good shifts. The Suns brought in Kaminsky in the top of the second, which mean, which meant Drummond came in at the top of the second, which isn't normal. Um, and I actually thought that shift was really bad for Drummond, but Kaminsky was really bad as well. So it really didn't, you know, like I mentioned before the series started, please give me all the Frank Kaminsky minutes, please. We haven't seen Dario Saric now for a, like, you know, a game and I don't know, Saric didn't have a great first couple games, but... He still kind of does more, kind of opens up the court more for that second unit. But um, yeah, so Lakers won this play in their game, even though it wasn't pretty. They won a 15 point game, you know, 14 point game with 20 turnovers. They gave up, you know, they, they forced, excuse me, 17 of them on the defensive end. Um, 51 overall rebounds to 35 so just again playing their game and yeah I thought you pointed this out right before we hopped on they were running that A D corner set at the end. I I, I missed I totally forgot about that. They would do Schroeder down three. Like that was so many games ago to get right. the Davis going to the basket. I forgot they would do that. And they did it with Caruso in this game a bit, which I think they were like one for three. They had a turnover didn't even get there. But there was like, you know, Schroeder or excuse me, Caruso kind of ghosting it and cutting the lane and then A D getting fouled. So there was a lot more I liked than him flashing middle and getting those floaters and getting fouled than Those mid range shots. We saw a lot less of those.
0: Yep. Fundamentally, it comes down to the fact that the Suns don't have the size, they don't have the rim protection. They don't even have some of the perimeter defense to keep up with the Lakers. They have a limited number of good defenders. They've got Aiton who can defend inside. Bridges is a good point of attack defender. He's a little bit small for defending LeBron. And guys like Crowder and Johnson, like, they can defend when the paint is packed and they don't need to defend, you know, in an open court or against LeBron James with a head of steam or something like that. And... What we saw the Lakers do in the second half, and what I was, I did a tweet thread during halftime about was expose that middle of the paint. When LeBron is driving, Ayton is going to rotate over. He has to. He, LeBron's getting by people. They have to have that rim protector rotate over. And instead of AD or Drummond or whoever it is being in like the dunker spot, which is right over by where one of those help defenders will be, stand dead center in the middle of the paint, which is the one place we don't see that sun's defense. They're basically along the outline of the paint. They're, they're far enough over to maybe deter a drive or disrupt a drive, but they're close enough to their men on the perimeter to rotate back out. If you're standing in the middle of the paint, they can't get all the way to you, get in front of you as AD because you can't just put a hand on AD if he gets the ball he's going to finish unless you're in front of him you can't get in front of him and then go recorder to uh you can't go recover to the opposite corner so that just the spacing the speed AD's finishing ability all of that played into the Lakers hands where in the second half LeBron would drive Aiton would rotate over dump it off to AD in the middle of the paint he'd finish strong did that a couple times and then what we saw was Aiton stopped helping Aiden stopped rotating or he was slow. And that's when we saw LeBron, you know, finishing strong at the rim on a number of occasions. When that second wave of defense isn't there all of a sudden, we're seeing just the floodgates open in terms of the Lakers getting to the rim, the same way that in Game 2, the Suns did a lot to remove help in pick-and-roll situations and put Drummond and Gasol on islands and made them look bad on different occasions. So it was the same kind of idea, just in a different different way. Um, like you mentioned, uh, LeBron and— uh, actually, I don't think—LeBron wasn't on the court for this. AD ran that uh, corner series where a guard, Schroeder or Caruso, comes and sets a screen for him in the first half they tried it in the second quarter Phoenix went under it and LeBron was or I'm sorry 80 was trying to go from like the corner to the wing nothing really happened in the third quarter he started going side to side he started going towards the rim and if he got a switch that's a mismatch if there's no switch and Aiton is trailing him he's going to you know get a nice running like skyhook and he scored on that a couple times uh if uh, and, and, and then once we saw Booker have to switch on to him because Caruso got a really good screen on Drummond, and then Davis just rose right over Booker and scored as well. So we saw that gone to like four different times. And I liked that it was like, we ran it, they couldn't stop it. We ran it again, again, again. Um, so I was pleased with that because we saw Vogel pressing the right offensive buttons. He's been putting on a defensive masterclass this series, and I'll have a video out about that hopefully later today. But the offensive end, I think, was really impressive as well. We saw that corner series. We saw those baseline flashes. We saw the Lakers, uh, after shutting down the Spain action that the Suns had been running for the past couple games, they opened quarter four with their own Spain action and scored off of it. So I was like, that was a nice, like, screw you from Vogel, which I loved. Um, and then we even saw uh, some more of those plays were like, west would set like a down screen for somebody and then he'd you know hang out for a second act like he's taking the playoff and then sprint to the corner off of an exit screen from somebody and he got a couple nice looks from those so the lakers ran more good concepts in ways that set up players to succeed we were still bricking stuff but that was a lot of like I i thought that was a real step up in this game we saw a much higher proportion of the lakers offensive possessions be like smart concepts to attack specific
1: I don't know why it took until game three for us to do this, but we actually did some of those ghost screens for Kuz and Wes Mm -hmm. and got Booker onto LeBron late in the game. And the game was kind of away at this point, but still, it was the first time. And he did this a bit at the beginning of the third quarter, too, attacking the basket, right, and actually putting pressure on the rim where it looked like they were sagging off of him on his drives. Once we contain him as as far as getting to the basket – They knew he was going to jump and pass and they were deflecting things, you know, predicting passing lanes, jumping them. Jake Crowder got a few of those. So they were kind of sitting on that. And I think they made a, a, you know, a coherent adjustment to attack that. And I mentioned this on the spaces that the timing of it to me was positive, that it didn't have to be in crunch time when the Lakers are down five, that he can put the pedal on the metal and put it away with that kind of play. But so, yeah, getting Booker on him, you know, getting fouled, um, just being more physical down low and yeah, the Lakers poor shooting will obviously like hurt this team if they can't succeed. But fortunately right now, their offensive rebounding is kind of filling in the gaps to, to get their with their defense, obviously holding the Suns to, you know, under a hundred yet again.
0: Yep. And, and again, it comes down to just like the physical matchups. If Aiton is guarding Drummond, If someone's driving or the Lakers are attacking the rim, he doesn't need to... Like, if the Lakers shoot a three, Aiton can stay right on Drummond. And Drummond's not going to get as many offensive rebounds. When we drive and he rotates... Drummond's gonna get those boards because then he has to just fight with Cam Johnson or campaign or one of those players. So that's when we're getting things open up. They uh, are doing a lot of like loading up the paint against the Lakers, but that's also leaving them vulnerable to cuts and guys crashing from the perimeter. There's a lot of ball watching from the guards and wings for Phoenix. So that's where Kyle Kuzma Came in and was able to get, I think, had like ten or eleven off, uh, ten or eleven total rebounds in the game, a number of offensive rebounds. So on the rebounding side of things, the Lakers are very much in good shape. But it it comes down to attacking the rim and forcing those rotations. And if you're the Suns, like no matter how the Lakers kind of line up, you can be in trouble. If AD is at the five and Ayton's out there, you want to attack them moving in 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 space and AD catching on the move. If Drummond's out there and you have Aiton on Drummond, then uh, AD is posting up against someone who's much, much smaller than him. And we, in this game, we reaped the benefits of all of the countering that LA did to post help last game where it was just time after time, the Lakers, you know, two guys come at LeBron or AD, boom, we're going to cut against you, we're going to get a baseline flash, we're going to get a pin in flare screen, we're going to get that that crack flare concept we talked about. This game, instead of 65% of Laker post-ups seeing extra help like they did in the first two games, that dropped all the way to like 30%. So we were, for the first time this series getting true 1v1s, And AD and LeBron are just going to eat in those. Even Drummond. We saw Drummond with that nice drop step. Strong finish baseline. Finally a drop
1: step, for God's sake.
0: Yeah. Like, if if you give the Lakers 1v1s, you're screwed. And I'm sure the Suns going into this game said, we can't keep doubling because the Lakers are exploiting it. And they're scoring even more efficiently when they exploit the doubling than when we just leave them on on an island. But leaving an, leaving our guys on an island or their guys on an island against our players is fantastic for the Lakers as well. So this is—we've reached the point—it only took three games for the post-defense for the Suns to just be broken. They don't have options now. They're they're out of choices. They've tried fronting. They've tried three-quarter high with, with baseline help. They've tried just playing behind and sending help after the catch. They're done. They, they're, they're out of cards at this point. So that is a place where, moving forward, the Lakers can just, with confidence, feed the ball in the post— and if AD's at the four, he's going to have a good matchup. And if he's at the five, you don't post up. You you get him more off motion. But the Lakers are, are firmly in control of the series from a tactic standpoint offensively. And it's been a really impressive to watch.
1: Love to see it. All right, Tim, we're going to keep it a little loose here today. We've potted like five or six times, it seems like, in the last (laughs) week uh, with spaces and stuff. But we're going to try and get to all kinds of things. I want to talk a little bit about uh, some stuff that we talked about last time with the screen coverages. So I still saw a lot of drop, not a ton of adjustments, but there were some. I did think they were prepared. To switch that spade action and then that switchy kind of, you know, Kuzma was good at this, you know, dives to like cut off the the ball handler before he can use that second screen. And it just kind of blows up that whole action. And then the offense just has poor spacing kind of at that point if guys don't, you know, separate quick enough. So I thought they played that action pretty well. But what did you see from the Booker coverages and and how Frank adjusted in that respect?
0: Yeah, I thought the pick and roll coverages were were strong again and it came down to like when the Suns are attacking without a specific concept in mind when it's just Devin Booker go be drop he wasn't doing it. He's he's shooting I think 22, 23% on pull-up threes this series. He shot 31% in the regular season. That's not quite his game. You can't drop him. He was taking
1: them at least this game compared was, to the last game. But that was he, it felt like a coaching, Devin, you have to take the shot. And he took yep. a quick pull-up three and he bricked it.
0: We've been alluding to this, I think, a little bit as the series has gone on, but Booker is a very good scorer that, from a reading screen coverage standpoint, if you tell him they're running drop, here are your reads, he can do that. If he doesn't know what screen coverage you're running, he's a lot of times not going to make those right reads, and he's missed a lot of lobs. he's missed corner shooters, he's dribbled right past the three-point line when he could have just taken those pull-up threes comfortably and... The, I mean, this was an example of from the start of quarter one, it was very clear that Monty coached them up or their staff coached them up and said, you need to take these shots. Because if you can take those, if you make some of them, that can change, that can manipulate how the Lakers defend you. And that opens up what we want to do. But he wasn't hitting them. So that, that it just didn't work. Now, the span action, like you talked about, was something Phoenix ran last game and they did pretty well. Towards the end of last game, the Lakers switched it once. And in this game, they switched it again and shut it down both times but by switching that just given where the players are you are banking on phoenix running to where you think they're going to run and instead of that they then later countered and ran like a cool like down pin down flare screen option uh off on like the weak side wing i'll have to post the video um so like they they countered the lakers counter to that but they didn't run that frequently enough that it really forced the lakers to stop so It's been really interesting. There have been so many adjustments to adjustments that uh, I don't want to spoil it all, but I've got a good video coming for everyone that'll really dig into all of this and show you exactly what we're looking at.
1: And outside of the pick and roll coverages, I thought you really saw Schroocher just like free safety off of Chris Paul, you know. Mm -hmm. And even if you catch that corner of three, like, go ahead, put it up, Chris. And how far till he's under the basket without a guy within six feet of him. And they're comfortable with if Andre Drummond sees that he can recover. And, you know, Chris Paul just doesn't have the juice. So, you know, it really affected Booker. And not only that, but. Crowder just shooting like terribly for the series, like literally like 5% from three and AD sagging off him late at the, in the game. So there was one possession where Booker was just triple teamed, you know, like soft triple, but still he has to make that read and he like skips it to a guy who has a guy that's not that far from him who just closes out to him and makes Cam Johnson or Jay Crowder take like a baseline pull up. And you're like, fine, that's fine. Nice shot, Jay Crowder. You know, I thought Aiden played well, but not as stratospheric as the first two games. Um, and, and so you know, the Suns just didn't have it. Devin Booker, six of nineteen. A lot of the there's the one possession, wide open, took a beat, Lakers still didn't run out at him, and he bricked the three from the top of the key. So yeah. unless he's playing like you know, prime Kobe Bryant. It was always going to be like this to me for him, regardless of Chris Paul's health. And I know Suns fans might not want to hear that. But to me, this was always kind of, I like Devin Booker. To me, he's still not ready to make reads on the court in real time to beat a, a defense, at least of this caliber.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be difficult. and. Him this year, he was able to elevate his game based on you know, they're playing regular season defenses in the regular season. You know what those teams are going to run, you can go in knowing what reads to look for in the playoffs when it's switching up every couple plays. That's really difficult. And with Chris Paul not being himself, yeah, well, for him, yeah, for him, it's really difficult. Uh, like, I mean, it's difficult for a lot of players. This is not this is hard, yeah. This is real hard stuff. This isn't me taking like cheap shots at Devin Booker, he's a very good player, very good scorer, but. This is one of those things that separates guys like LeBron or Chris Paul or or some of those elite guys that can read the floor and make the right decision from very, very good, still rising, still young players like Devin Booker. So that's something he can work on in his game over the offseason, but... uh yeah, like you said, being able to sag off of Chris Paul, being able to sag off of Jay Crowder. There was that one screenshot I saw where it was like, it looked like the Lakers were in like a 3-2 like zone or something almost, yeah. but they weren't playing zone, they were just like... 20 feet away from Chris Paul. Yeah. uh, Like, that's just not an environment you can thrive in if you're Devin Booker. And he still had to take the shots. Like, the other players on this team, they're not forcing shots up. If they don't have good looks, they're just going to pass him back to Booker. So he ended up being the guy taking a lot of those grenades uh, late in the shot clock just because nothing was there. And that speaks to just how well the Lakers played, how well they were coached. And they've just done a good job. Anytime the Suns try something, maybe they gain the benefit of it for a couple plays and the lakers have countered and regained that defensive edge so just hats i have a hat on my hair looks stupid right now i look like a i look like one of the kids in Willy walker um hats off to to frank vogel they've done a great job tom's laughing at me i don't care shout out to frank vogel he's done an excellent excellent job and Bonnie too this talk is, more this about is your hair though
1: this is the content that the listeners really want him <laughs> Okay, Uh, so keep it loose again here. I thought the Lakers did a a great job against campaign in the first half. And, you know, not such a great job in the second half, uh, especially that fourth quarter. But to his credit, he was making shots with that weird knees to the sideline form. Uh, He's streaky, but I thought the Lakers put... um, Caruso on him and Caruso got free of a backdoor a lot. That was during that stretch where like no one could fucking score, but I thought it was Caruso on campaign and Wes on CP three and that was, even though not, not technically positive, I thought that was a positive for the Lakers. And they just didn't make shots in that stretch. And, but Wes got those minutes, like we predicted, the last pod. And it seemed to pay dividends, at least in the fourth quarter, maybe. Getting him a couple extra shots, getting him calibrated, getting that arrow. It's all synced up. And he drained a couple good fourth quarter threes. I wouldn't call them like, huge because we were already up, but they were very important.
0: They were momentum, like Gers. blow the roof off. Yeah, like cam- the camera zooming out as he's taking the shot. You see yeah, the, the crab, bench. You see yeah, yeah, yeah. Calls the that was out. great. Like, they were That's good playoffs. Big momentum, big clutch shots. Um, it wasn't like in a tie game or something, but it was like the the peak of that run for the most part. And like you said, like we, we talked about this last game. We said between Tht Wes, and Keith, you have to give the minutes from the other two to one of them. I wanted Wes. I could see THT making some sense, but Wes was who we wanted, and and that's what we got. So shout out to the staff for recognizing that, putting him in positions to succeed. We saw him get in more of a rhythm, offensively and defensively. He impacted sure. the game, and he got the game ball after the game, and, and LeBron James talked about that. So he came in, hit Love some it. shots. He was one of the few guys hitting threes. He was spacing the floor well, and he was able to be used in off-screen situations too, which, I mean— either gets you good shots or occupies some potential help defense and then lets you drive at the rim. So all around pretty strong performance from him. And again, it's like, why did this take till game three? But we're here. They figured it out. Hopefully it carries over to the next series. Um, And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pleased with what we've seen. And something I talked about last night on spaces was the late, like some of these games are blowouts disguised as close games, just with how poor the Lakers are shooting. And, I mean, this is this is going to sound a little and turning it sound over. a little exceptionalism ish. But but it's and I know it's cocky. But if you look at like the Lakers' shooting performance, even relative to you know they're a below-average shooting team compared to the expected quality, they're underperforming game after game to the point where like they've had to make some of these adjustments and play that tactical game. And Vogels had to play some of the cards in his hand in a way that I see as a positive. I think this could be a blessing in disguise because instead of going into Game One let's say they run their vanilla game plan, they're knocking down all their shots, or even they're overperforming their shooting expectations, and they win, they win, they win, and they don't actually work on any of this stuff. This was you know, a couple scrimmages where you didn't actually improve. Instead of that, we've seen a chess match. We've seen Vogel have to flex those muscles, and we've seen times after the end of game one, there were things that, The Lakers couldn't stop that Phoenix was doing. Coming into game two, they had those adjustments. Same thing yesterday. There were things at the end of game two, Phoenix tried that the Lakers hadn't figured out yet. Yesterday, we saw them with those adjustments. And what that tells me is in game at the moment, they didn't have those ready. They were still adjusting in-game, but they didn't have those answers. And it took the couple days off to come up with new answers. And from that, we know the staff is growing and learning and getting better. And now instead of, you know, you don't want to have to be worried about Frank Vogel playing all of his cards and not having cards left. No, he played those cards. He has them still. And he's drawn a couple new cards. So the Lakers have new answers for problems that, leaving the series tactically, they're going to be in a much better place than they were entering the playoffs, and I'm, I'm really pleased to see that.
1: Audience can't see me, but I was nodding that entire three minute speech because I'm so glad you brought this up, Tim. I can't help but think, and again, this could be an exceptionalism point, but there is a severe underperformance from our shooting and if there's a game we can hit 10 threes 10 threes, oh my god, I'm asking for the world here, 10 threes, (laughs) 10 threes, we score 110 points comfortably, shooting 38%, 38%, please god, not asking for the world, 38%, you know, Kyle Kuzma actually makes threes when it matters, even though he He's playing great, despite his lack of shooting. KCP, I still think, playing very good on, on Devin Booker. Part of the reason they're, you know, playing so well in those coverages because he's p- applying some great back pressure on those screens. That's why the drop is working as well as it is. And that's where West can't keep up as much, as much as you like his size. And I thought West did a couple good possessions on Booker. But mm-hmm. KCP is still your guy, so you got to, you know, he's getting an MRI. Excuse me, I can't talk. He's getting an MRI today. I still haven't seen an update, so I know it's just a contusion. MRI is not a great sign, so I think KCP is important. If KCP is limited or you know not able to play, I do expect you'll see Wes starting, but you will probably see some THT. We did see Ben McLemore in this game a bit, Tim. I don't know how much you want to talk about him. It wasn't in the best of lineups, in my opinion. One of them, it actually started with AD at the five and then they brought in Gasol and he, Gasol finally actually found him. But yeah. without a ton of playmaking, Macklemore is kind of a harder guy to play in this series, even in those like non-Booker minutes. Um, so we'll probably see THT. Uh, what do you think shakes out if KCP ends up not being able to go?
0: I would think that West gets more minutes. Kuzma might get more minutes. Uh, I I do think THT would then crack the rotation. If the Lakers, again, are struggling to shoot, I can see the team going to Macklemore instead of THT. I think you have similar defensive issues with them off ball. And on ball, you can put them in situations where they're guarding guys that you're not really super worried about, Um, at least for Macklemore. With THT, I feel good about him on ball. And then offensively, it's just about, like, do we need the penetration or do we need the shooting right now? So I could see it going either way, but I do think they would get uh, maybe like less than 10, around 10 minutes. I'd say Wes and and, uh, Kuzma would see their minutes go up a good bit.
1: All right. Good stuff. Uh, Really quick here before we go to break. What did you think about the center rotation we always talk about? Still no Trez. We saw basically the same rotation in a little bit different you know, patchwork uh, than the last game, but start Drummond, bring in Gasol for the end of the first. I think they went with AD at the five for a little bit there. Uh, kind of weird that you, I, you know, at some point in the second or first, they pulled Mark maybe earlier than it seemed like they would have because he got two quick fouls. Um, but I thought Mark, despite being, I think, a, a team low, minus 16. Was still good for the Lakers tonight. He forced some deflections in the second half. Uh, You know, Tim, I don't have to tell you about single game plus minus not being a great indicator of play. He was minus 11. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was thinking of someone else. I think Chris Paul was minus 20. I don't know how I got to 16. But he was still team worst minus 11. Drummond was, I think, plus 12. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we did see mostly those two with a tiny dash of AD at the five, which still didn't look fantastic
0: yeah i I was okay with the center rotation we it was a lot of gasol and drummond again they combined played almost 40 minutes so we didn't see a ton of 80 at the five but i I do think the lakers have figured out some of like the post counter things to make those 80 at the five minutes better um or you know when aiden is out there they are doing a better job of putting him in motion to like make more of him Uh, we, so in, in my apartment right now, we, we just ordered some stuff to put in our living room and we're figuring out like what pictures, where do we put the shelves? What do we want? Where it's the same stuff, but how you organize it, how you frame it, how you put those pieces together can make it look awesome, which is what my girlfriend's going to do. Or if I were doing it, it would probably look awful. And this is the same, like you have the same five players on the court. But how you use them and, and how you deploy them can make more or less out of them than, than their potential. And we're seeing more made out of AD when he's at the five offensively. And when he's playing four, we're seeing more made out of him, you know, with Gasol spacing the floor and then getting AD in those that middle of the paint area. Or when Drummond's out there, Drummond, uh, you know, when help comes to AD, Drummond's beating him up on the board. So no matter how we're going in this series, I think the Lakers have an advantage. Moving forward, I think we can see a change a good bit potentially it's it's very much you know whose series is it if it's if we're playing Denver next I think the big man rotation looks a little bit different than if we're playing Portland Uh, but either way I I anticipate seeing more Drummond some more Gasol Trez I don't know Keefe maybe if we're playing more 80 at the five minutes but I I mean huge shout out to Drummond and I feel like we've shouted him out the past like four pods he's been playing really well and uh, he and Gasol I mean Ignore the single-game plus-minus stuff. We see what they bring that helps. And then we're seeing where, you know, potentially they could be a negative and the team is looking at addressing those issues. So moving forward, the plus-minuses look even better.
1: We might have to revisit this conversation because it seems to be, you know, obviously the Lakers are in the power position as far as that adjustment. They don't need to adjust their winning with those minutes, so this is a series they can win with Andre Drummond at the five, and you know hopefully that continues. But this might be one of the few if the Lakers continue on this playoff run. Uh, but for now, that's their rotation. But if the Suns change their rotation significantly with starting campaign, reducing Chris Paul's impact, just kind of putting out Javon Carter a little bit more, you know you'll have to see them make those adjustments. You know it's a new wrinkle. Does it scare you? Not really, but it is a different player. You have to keep on the, you know, you got to play some cards there. You got to know what you're doing and uh, stay focused. And this is a big break em game coming up, Tim. You got to win this game, break them, keep them court, send them back, you know, on their heels on the brink of el- elimination. And at worst, you come back home uh, and try and do it again.
0: Yeah, absolutely, you, I, this is a, a big game for a momentum, from a momentum standpoint, just in terms of, like, keeping that home court uh, I do think Phoenix's home court advantage, at least from watching the game, it, it looked like they certainly had more people It seemed like a more raucous atmosphere, and I do think TNT was muting, you know, the mixing of the volumes And we saw that in the Knicks game Annoying. as well, where MSG was packed, but it didn't sound like the crowd was doing much Even though you could see them making noise, um, so that's, a, you know, that irks me, but what i'm trying to say is i think phoenix's home court advantage is a little bit better than lakers right now given how many people are allowed to be in the stadium and maybe chris paul gets healthier over time maybe you know game six game seven he's good to go so you you don't know the the thing is like i don't he might be like this the whole series or he might be fine in a couple days so you just have to take advantage of those opportunities right now the lakers have a really good edge tactically and you just have to press it put the the you know, this is the 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 Galima, like <laughs> Temple of Doom scene, like rip the heart out, go up three one, hit some threes, dominate, and and then we can have some fun on with with some more tweets and, and spaces and podcasts.
1: Absolutely, no, it's funny too. I, I don't actually feel like we have to go over a whole lot of adjustments in this pod. We can have fun, enjoy the win because yeah, the Lakers. Again, it might not seem you know, fourteen points is a solid playoff win. I thought it was more convincing than that because, again, holding a team under 100 points with the six best offense and one of the best offensive seasons in, you know, the NBA's recent history, uh, you got to feel pretty good about that. Lakers playing their game, they're playing to their strengths, and um, you can't can't really uh, feel too bad about where they're at, all things considered. So we'll take a quick break and talk a little bit more about the game coming up after
2: this.
1: All right, Tim, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. I want to ask you, did you see Chris Paul get kneed in the nuts by his own teammate?
0: Oh, I did not see that.
1: Who who
0: should I be sending the the flowers to?
1: I think it's campaign. (laughs) So he might have another black eye next game. Um, Did you see Chris Paul get trucked over by Anthony Davis, who just didn't see him after Mm -hmm. like kind of celebrating play, Mm -hmm. gets up. Like towards Scott Foster as Scott Foster is like running up the court. Like Scott Foster puts his arms out to kinda like, hey, I'm here. Chris Paul slaps Chris Foster's arm away. Did you see that? Really? Oh, yes. I did I
0: saw AD hit him. I did not see what happened after that. That's interesting.
1: Did you see Chris Paul after the game? No and eleven in games ref by Scott <laughs> Foster? Oh eleven, man. I'm just saying. What are you saying, Chris? <laughs> Just say it, then.
0: He would get quite a quite a fine for
1: that. Players, pre, pre, uh, president of the Players Association. Come on, man. So you got to speak up. if You feel like you're getting slighted or maybe you just get hurt every playoffs and don't have the better team.
0: He's not the most likable person <laughs> on the court.
1: I just want to go um, off for a few minutes. I just yeah. wanted to go off on that Chris Paul tangent.
0: Right. I mean, 0-11, that's that's tough to do. That's difficult. Although, like, over a large sample, you're going to have crazy stuff happen. I think that's called the, the Wyatt-ARP effect, I think is the name of it, where, like, on any large sample in sports or whatever, there will be crazy statistical outliers that don't actually mean anything. They're exactly. Just, eventually, it's going to happen.
1: Because, again, this isn't like flipping a coin 10 times, right, where there's an equal 50-50 chance every time. Because... Mm-hmm teams are better than each other right. like i'm just saying you know like the the warriors were better than the rockets and Agreed. he got hurt but the warriors were better than the rockets so if you flip that coin and it's 60 percent, you know and it's scott foster it's correlation not causation
0: yeah i guess what i'd want to look at is i would have to go back and find all those games but then go see what like the closing line was And then Mm -hmm. the implied odds of of Chris Paul's team is winning just to figure Mm -hmm. out, you know, what is the is it a one in a million, one in a billion or like one in two hundred or something like that chance?
1: Maybe, you know, you should have two arms and play basketball and that's me will help you win.
0: Yeah, I don't think Scott Foster swayed the impact of this.
1: Right. That's kind of my point. I think I guess like blame all you got knee in the nuts by your own teammate. You got hit in the neck. By your own teammate, like I wish, I almost wish that one of the Lakers would have accidentally done it, just so the Suns fans can yell at us even more for for getting lucky that Chris Paul got hurt.
0: Mm -hmm. Speaking of the uh, the league looking at stuff, do you think they're gonna look at Devin Booker and his flagrant two? Like it was, I'm a Philadelphia Flyers fan, and that was totally a Philadelphia Flyers move. Like (laughs) down ten with like a minute left or whatever it was. Like, go fight people. That That's,
1: <laughs> I, like,
0: I, I can get behind it, but as a Laker fan, I'm not, a, I don't enjoy it.
1: I, I I think what Braun and AD said is right. It's not a basketball play. Anybody who's ever played basketball, this is shit you get in fights at the park over. Like, yeah. I'm getting up, picking the ball, and like throwing it at your dome, and we're going. Because like people. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, your... like you're going to change my life just because, like, I'm clowning on you right now. So just, like, be a man and, like, kind of own it. At the same time, I get it. It's his first playoffs. He's frustrated. He had a bad night. He was, you know, yabbering with the, the the refs the whole game. He, and Schroeder is a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, 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 let's just He just standing there with this shit-eating grin on his face. He stayed, say, you know, I don't even know what he's saying, but I can imagine. Does definitely going
0: play the game. D- yeah. If, if you're going to dish it out to Schroeder, he'll, he'll throw it right back at you
1: it's it's great we need that from him with losing dwight with trez even on the bench Keith, i think just that that hype energy really helps uh this team and you know kind of we saw them have fun tonight for the first yeah, time in say, weeks. speaking
0: of clowning and and yeah and having fun
1: andre drummond yeah. leaning in doing the doing the back shimmy the crossover. you see that andre drummond i did like, see that. <laughs>
0: He's having fun. I I love it. The whole bench is like losing their minds. I'm a huge fan, huge fan. Lots of great memes from that. And also on that play, there was also a pin and flare screen set by Anthony Davis. So lots of good things for me to be happy about.
1: Wow. Okay. Well, to answer your question, no. I don't think Devin Booker is going to get suspended. (laughs) Maybe he gets fined, but I mean, I don't want him to get suspended. It's the kind of play the league will automatically review because it was a two. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I think that th- I don't know if this is true. Do you get auto suspended after certain points in the playoffs like flagrant technical points?
0: I th- I think technical points. I don't know how flagrants.
1: Anyway, I don't know how that. that all works anymore, but I'm not worried about it. I don't think he should be suspended. I just think he's kind of a B, you know, and that's kind of where I'll leave it. Just like it's kind of a B. That's like I'm just going to say B.
0: Okay.
1: But, uh, yeah, Jay Crowder got, got teed up and ejected right after that. We saw AD, see that that shot of him just, like, staring Jay Crowder down, like eye contact, oh, yeah. jabbering the whole time. It's was great. Like, this team, like, what did you expect, Phoenix? I'm sorry. I'm sorry Chris Paul got hurt, but, like, we just put our, our foot on their necks on defense. Mm-hmm. We talked specifics kind of in the first part. I'm just kind of talking fun, you know, Internet stuff here, I guess, in the second half. But it's like it's really like their culture and their their experience is shining through with vets like Marcus Allen and Wes and LeBron. All that shit is like that's why we won game three to me. Just that confidence coming into home with that, you know, gameplay. We know what we're doing. We know who we are. We know we can beat these guys.
0: Yeah, I, I think the halftime adjustments were big in this one because that first half it was it was a tight game. And then. Going into the second half, the Lakers had five different runs that they went on: sixteen to six, five nothing, seven nothing, fifteen to two, and eight zero. And and really, really put the hammer down. So I want to credit the staff, credit the players. There's a lot going into this on a lot of different levels, and I agree, I agree with everything you're saying as well. But it's the the Lakers in like all aspects, all elements of the game had a lot going for them in that second half, and I think a lot to carry into Game Four.
1: Um Tory Craig 3 for 5 from 3. That's not going to happen again, right? Like good good luck to you, Tory Craig. Best of luck. You're just seeing the rest of these Phoenix role players just not have enough. We saw Jay Crowder have a nice kind of dump-off pass to Ayton in there. But it's you know it's Cam Johnson like DHO's from seventeen late in shot clock. Like, go ahead, dude. Like mm-hmm. really just like have at it.
0: Yeah. Their run was the Lakers turned the ball. So from seven thirty-two left in the fourth quarter until two minutes forty seven seconds left. Two minutes forty seven seconds left in the fourth quarter, the Suns went on a nineteen to six run. The Lakers had they went one for three shooting. In five minutes, they had five turnovers, three from Anthony Davis, one from LeBron, and then one from Gasol, and the Suns hit 80% of their threes, 75% of their total shots, got to the rim a couple times, had an offensive rebound, and weren't turning the ball over. And that was just like a perfect mix of like, we're going to hit every shot, you're not going to hit your shots, and then just some like dumb turnovers where the guys just dropped the dropped the ball or it was stripped away, like unforced just mental errors or things that happen in basketball. It was just a clustering of that all at the same time, more than I think it was like, oh, no, the Suns figured something out. This is going to carry into the next game.
1: Yeah, Lakers went up like 91 to 70 at some point, like something Mm -hmm. around there with a 21-point lead and eight minutes left. And, and yeah, they just – they fell asleep which they've done we've seen them do it in regular season after regular season when they're fully healthy that they do as little as possible to win these games but it was yeah it was a 20 point lead when what did the sun scored 28 in the first quarter and they had 70 points with 8 minutes left in the fourth like we're up yeah. 20 like yeah you hit all your shots in at a, a high clip for this this quarter, we you know, it's still like ten points is is a lot to overcome for them. Especially when mm-hmm. Booker is just at the end, I feel like he was like forcing it, you know, like couldn't even get a shot sometimes.
0: Yeah, the Lakers they've if this continues in the next game, they've got this thing wrapped up. They they're very much in control. We saw the sun's kind of flailing a bit. And I mean credit to campaign for hitting three threes on that run. And like they they had some stuff working, but I'm not betting on campaign and Tory Craig knocking down threes left and right. And that's going to be how the Suns beat the Lakers. It's like, they just have so many fundamental issues that they were able to prop up with tactics until Frank Vogel just like knocked all those tactics down, pulled the rug out from under this defense. And the Lakers offense, I think is the big story for me. Like the defense has been good the whole series, but the offense scored 33 points in each of the third and fourth quarters. And if the, this, if that's how the Lakers are playing offensively, you're not beating this team. Even And that's even with the poor three-point shooting. So I, I loved what we saw defensively, but offensively, I think, to me, moved the needle more in terms of me looking ahead because I think we figured some stuff out on that end. Whereas defensively, it was still elite. It was just kind of the status quo of being elite. Don't want to take it too much for granted, but but that offense really took a jump.
1: I don't have a ton more from this game, Tim. There are some funny moments I saw. Uh, I I don't know if I've heard this before. If I have, I'm sorry for copying it. I'm trying to moniker a new kind of defense, Tim. It's called okay. fr- it's called front row seat defense. Ooh. I think it could fall in line with like there's a business class where like for business decisions, where you just okay. kind of step aside and you're like. Front row seat, like I'm you know, I'm gonna be on a poster if I don't get here. I'm more talking DeAndre Ayton, front row seat defense, a couple times, Tim, in this game. So to your point, they did put Mikhail Bridges on Dennis Schroeder at a couple points at the point of attack. And one mm-hmm. play, there's this one play where AD's like, he was at the top of the three. And he kind of sets a flat angle screen for Schroeder, but like he doesn't really use it, Schroeder. And he just goes around bridges. And so he's going downhill. DeAndre Aiden is in the paint. I want you to watch this this again. Is in the first half. He's in the paint. Instead of going to help Schroeder, and because Schroeder's going to the paint.
2: Mm-hmm. He's
1: got his scoop ready. Deion Drayton's like, man, I really can't give up this Anthony Davis open three. And he goes to Davis. He goes to Davis. And there's another That's... play where LeBron did that. He goes <laughs> around Bridges and Bridges falls down. But Bridges goes to AD at like the nail. And he's like, man, I can't give up this 18 foot shot. Right now. <laughs> the,
0: the Lakers put the Suns in bad positions. Oh. And I had to say those were bad Business choice. I'd say those are bad choices. You got to contest at the rim, force like AD threes and AD long twos is, is definitely what I would pick over like shooter mid scoop towards the rim.
1: And Bridges so, looks at him both times, both times. Tim, I swear, he looks at him and he's just like, dude, <laughs> like, why yeah. are you going to that guy? Well, Help. that's because. I mean, that's because
0: every time before that, he tried to contest at the rim, and then AD would just be getting those, those flashes, or he'd be open, hit, hit shots. So, I, I don't know, there's does some conditioning not, there. At, at I, some g- point, I,
1: does Aiden not know that that mid-range shot is, like, way better for them?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a bad decision.
1: And pull up the, the plays, just see so you see it. It's so I'll have to bad. to pull it up. Their back
0: end rotations are really bad, too. Like, they don't, they don't rotate. They do a lot of ball watching. They get back cut. They get offensive rebounded on, crashing. They get screened left and right. They, like, this is not a team that rotates well. If you break them, if you penetrate kick, penetrate kick, someone's going to get open. Like, like one penetration and kick earlier than against most teams.
1: Maybe Devin Booker will be rejuvenated by his date with Kendall Jenner, you know. (laughs) which definitely happened. I saw pictures. I don't know podcast? what else to say, Tim.
0: I feel like we've covered everything. We've covered everything. Know. Are there any more adjustments? I feel like they've, they've figured the post game out. Uh, the pick and roll thing, the Lakers still have an edge. They've found ways to drive and actually get to the rim.
1: The adjustment I, is to execute at the same level and not just fall asleep like you know to do. So maintaining yep. that in- intensity, it's just... I think they know that, too, to be fair. But, you know, this team, this is why I picked six, because game one and then I'm expecting, hopefully not, pray to God, but expecting that just lack of focus game. And maybe KCP misses a game and we're like, oh, shit, Booker Mm -hmm. went for 40.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it could happen. I mean. I'm in a position where I'm looking at like how the Lakers have shot. and I'm like, well, are we going to shoot worse than this? <laughs> like, where's the five percent three point shooting game? Like, that's what it's going to take at this point. Because uh, I'm looking at the second half and saying I don't know how the Suns are going to adjust to a lot of these things. There's there's not yeah. a lot left they can do. So if the Lakers score another 66 points per half next game, like Phoenix is in big big trouble. So I don't yeah. know. It's it's might it might be at the point where the Lakers are just. Completely in control I don't What are the series odds Right now
1: Well you gotta be Feeling better about Your gentlemen sweep Now mm-hmm. Absolutely I took Lakers in five I took them in six well, Yeah in five You is didn't probably say gentlemen sweep To be fair
0: uh, Yeah I said five Which is the same thing
1: Yeah I mean no gentlemen's I thought Was when you Will lose the first And then sweep the rest I thought that was Specifically gentlemen
0: I don't know Oh I thought it was Just five in general
1: Maybe oh, it, I think you be. might be right like, you just, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Add us on Twitter. Tell us, tell us the answer. Even if it's game
1: three. I think sometimes, yeah, because the better team wins the first two. And then, yeah, yeah, I think you're right, though. I think it is just in five. Okay. Um, we need to get, a, like, unwritten rules, Raj, to... That should be part of his description, right? To, like, index and, and uh, explain all of these these nuances to us.
0: <laughs> the, the, the unwritten rules? <laughs> yeah, and indeed. I, I thought you were just referring to his, like core Competency of like being able to trash talk really well, and like I feel like he would be he would have he that's would him. know what he's For talking sure. about with that stuff.
1: Shouts to Raj, shouts to you, my guy, if you're listening. Oh, um, the
0: Lakers are minus 860,
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, I that's also so Lakers lean, you know what I mean? But um, I think they were what I saw they were like plus 550 to win in five before the series started. Oh, interesting,
0: okay. I think Jason I got them 10, at minus yeah. 150. Just to win the series, just to win. yeah, 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 and and put an uncomfortable amount of money down. And now I'm feeling good. I feel like much more comfortable.
1: Feeling good, man. All right, Tim, we're gonna park it there for now. Good talking with you. Uh I don't know the schedule for you on Sunday. I know we play another afternoon game, so maybe we can get and hop in another spaces or Pod right after that. Either way, we'll probably be coming back to you all soon. Get at us on Twitter at Tim underscore NBA and I'm at Creative Destroyer. It'll tell you when we're on Spaces. Like kind of up in the fleet section, like turns purple. You just click on that and join the room. We talked to a lot of people the other night, Tim. It was a lot of fun hearing from people. People worried about like just beating this team as soon as possible so they don't injure us. (laughs) Um, Just go, you know. Just I was like, yeah, yes, please. You know, (laughs) it's good to hear. It was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. I just want to get out of this because I don't want to play yeah. Jay Crowder any more games than I need to. Uh, Seriously. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. It was really cool to hear from people and all the questions were really insightful and mm-hmm. had me thinking and like, you know, maybe if I didn't agree with every single one of them, I was like, yeah, I see where that's coming from. Like, maybe next series that, that would make sense. Or this series makes sense. Maybe not next series. I don't know. There were a lot of really good questions. It was really neat to hear from you, the, the people listening and being like, hey, you know, calling in from Morocco. Love the pod. Yeah. So many people around
1: the world. It's so awesome to hear from you it. We really do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. It was, it was really neat to hear everyone. Um, really appreciate you. If you, if you are enjoying the pod, feel free to leave a review, um, DM that over to me. We'll get you in the discord. We had several people from the discord who, who were, uh, in there in the the spaces asking questions.
1: I got to do in the discord more. So what I'm going to do is I'm not going to really tweet game four i am gonna oh, discord ooh. game four i promise you okay. that because i like stream on my computer so you know it's hard to like have an app up but i'm just gonna mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it on my phone i'll be in the discord i gotta get in the more so that's a good you, promotion for that we haven't done that in a minute
0: yeah discord's been a lot of fun yeah do that either subscribe on well we haven't done the twitch stuff in a while i wouldn't i would say don't subscribe on twitch it's go all go good leave yeah them, go it's leave a, a podcast lot of work. review it's a lot of yeah. work
1: on our end Go anyway. go!
0: Leave a pod review. Send it to us. We'll get you in there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a really good group. I feel like over this year, the the like community element of that has really picked up, and like For sure. we know every single game, people are going to have really good conversations in there, yeah. and you know, gonna have our trash talk channel, and like ask questions in general, talk draft, all those different things. It's been it's been really enjoyable. So feel we free to join that community. You. you get you get you know that next level Lakers exceptionalism.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We appreciate all of you and um, uh, hope you enjoyed that little second half of this pod where we we could get a little petty and uh, and air our grievances and and strut our strut like the Lakers did last night. But uh, until next time, Tim, we'll talk to you all later.
2: Without the ones like
1: you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you.